Welcome. Ladies and gentlemen, we are now officially six years away from Agenda 2030. What does it really mean? Is it just fodder for conspiracy theorists? Or is it really going to change the world as we know it? What is Agenda 2030's connection to the so-called Great Reset? You need to know this information so that you can be prepared. You need to know this information so that you can help and warn your loved ones. Agenda 2030, what you need to know tonight on the Kingdom Intelligence Report. Let's go. Well, you know, to grasp the whole entire understanding of Agenda 2030, the essence of Agenda 2030, it is essential for us tonight to go back all the way back to 1992, which, by the way, if you haven't smashed that like button, let's go ahead and stop right now at what you're doing. Do it right now. Do it right now. Smash, smash, smash that like button. Nothing helps us more in the so-called algorithm like smashing that like button. And if you have not subscribed to our channel, subscribe to our channel now. It will be a huge, huge blessing to us. But back to 1992, it's called Agenda 2030, but it's been around for a long time. It's come under several names, and it ended up settling on Agenda 2030 because, you know, they had to finally put a deadline on it. We're going to show you tonight the the uh, timeline, if you will, of Agenda 2030. And it's very, very important if you understand that because, as I said in the intro, we're only six years out from 2030 now. It's crazy to think about that. And when you look at the 17 sustainable goals that are a part of Agenda 2030 and understand how radical this world has got to change in order to get to that place, then you will begin to understand, if you have not already, what all the things that we're about to have to deal with, that the whole world is about to be um, you know, put on them over the next four to six years in, in, in really beginning in 24. It's going to another level. But it's essential to trace the origins of 20, Agenda 2030 back to 1992, specifically to a document. And this document is known as Agenda 2030. Agenda, I mean, excuse me, Agenda 21. It's known as Agenda 21. Now, you may not hear a lot of people talking about Agenda 21, but Agenda 21 is actually Agenda 2030. Now, the original document that was signed in 1992, known as Agenda 21, emerged from the United Nations in Rio at, a, at something called the Rio Earth Summit in June of 1992. Now, this white paper, Agenda 21, set a vision, set forth a vision for, quote, achieving a sustainable world in the 21st century, Agenda 21. But it set it to be established, quite frankly, when you read between the lines, and really, quite frankly, you don't even have to read between the lines, it's very obvious, under a socialist framework. The Rio Earth Summit was promoted at that time in 1992 as a global conference addressing urgent environmental challenges in devising a sustainable blueprint for the future, is what they said. However, when you begin to look at the document and interpret 
this event of what was really going on, you'll see that it was something entirely different. The Rio Summit, as it was known as, was really, <clears throat> excuse me, a stepping stone towards a future where the concepts of things like <laughs> a constitution, the United States Constitution, American national sovereignty and national sovereignty of every country that declares themselves to be a free and sovereign nation. And it superseded our inherent constitutional rights that is stated out, you know, endowed by our creator to be overthrown by really, quite frankly, a Marxist global governance system led by influential international financial groups, groups that is known as the elite, the World Economic Forum, and so forth. From this angle, when you begin to look at Agenda 2030, you begin to understand that the notions of environmental sustainability and global equity, which is what they push, are really seen as veils. They're really veils for the ultimate agenda that undermines, quite frankly, our way of life, undermines the middle class, undermines the American dream through a concept that you've probably heard this term before, and you're going to probably hear a lot more by video influencers and people that are trying to help you, uh, wealth redistribution. It's, a, it's, it's going to be you know, the body of Christ claims a, the greatest dis redistribution of wealth from the wealth of the wicked is laid up for the righteous. Uh, but the agenda of the elite is a totally separate type of wealth redistribution. Agenda 2030 is really all about of wealth redistribution and about depopulation. Agenda 2030, way back when it was known as Agenda 21, argued about an agenda and was proposing an agenda that would have within it very strict regulations. And in those regulations, it would erode the notion of things like private property. Uh, that's a big one that we're going to cover in depth tonight. Because if you have private property, you know, you have rights that come with that property. But if you don't own anything... And, of course, many of you have watched this channel and you know the World Economic Forum, Klaus Schwab's famous saying is, you will own nothing and be happy. And that's what all this is about. But Agenda 2030 also suggests a really an intentional, purposeful deindustrialization of America, Western Europe, the deindustrialization of this Agenda 2030 is facilitated by the systems that are in place globally. All these entities that have world and global in their titles, most all of them, if not all of them, are lined up with this agenda. They're facilitated by international trade agreements and organizations. You've heard some of the these abbreviated acronyms for these organizations that when you start hearing these alphabet abbreviations here. You just know that these organizations are heavily involved in Agenda 2030. 
NAFTA. Remember that one? NAFTA was not about the North American Free Trade Agreement. It was about instituting uh, governance and control within the North American continent to line it up with Agenda 21, which would later become known as Agenda 2030. GATT, G-A-T-T, most of you have heard of that. The WTO, the World Trade Organization, the North American Union, and the European Union. These are just a few of the well-known institutions, organizations, agreements, and treaties that were all a part of the drip-drip production of taking us to what would be known as Agenda 2030. These entities, these organizations are seen in, in their infrastructure as the tools and the instruments that will ultimately shift industrial production from the West to the communist and socialist countries in the developing world. Make no mistake about it, Agenda 2030 is about ultimately, I'm not saying this is all its main goal, but one of the main goals of Agenda 2030 is to eradicate the power of America because the principles of freedom that America was founded on is not, does not line up with a Marxist socialist mindset. And if you haven't noticed, our college campuses, our media, our movies, our social media, they're all moving towards a socialist, communistic mindset. You know, they play the long game. Agenda 2030, see, we think about 2030, we think about 2021, we think about 21 agenda, we talk about the 21st century. This thing, this thing's been going on for generations, multiple generations. It's a long game, man. The deep state, these, this is a very real thing. This is not just conspiracy theory. These institutions, these elite, the money people, they have been planning this thing out the long game. They, want to, they all want to live eternally. They all, they all want to have forever life, but, but they're so committed that, you know, many of them way back, the big names that you know about, if you watch the History Channel and the founding of America and all of this, those big names were playing this long game of control. And they realized we got to build a system that will outlive us. Many of them have died and gone on, but they went to their grave excited and happy to know that they had created this system that would eventually bring their utopia. So the goal of Agenda 2030 is to shift industrial production from the West to these communist and socialist countries in the developing world. Under what was known as Agenda 21, many of America's activities are listed as, quote, unsustainable and are targeted for elimination by 2030. In this Article, 20, uh, Article 21, Agenda 21, there were things that were laid out that were called unsustainable. You hear about the 17 sustainable goals of Agenda 2030. Well, before they laid out the 17 sustainable goals that they proudly, easy to find anywhere on the Internet, 
They also talked about things that were unsustainable. Now, they may have not worded them exactly like this, but when you read the document, you will see that they have targeted these things that we hold dear that are a part of our freedom to be eliminated by 2030. What are a few of those things in Agenda 2030? And once again, if you hadn't smashed that like button, smash it, smash it, smash it, smash that like button. Nothing helps us more. Thank you for everybody joining us in the live chat tonight. Thank you for all the super chats, all the super thanks. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Oh, and by the way, just go ahead and tell you right now, thank you, partners. Thank you, partners. You are amazing. Those that have clicked that join button down below the screen tonight, as well as those that have gone to our website. Let's just go ahead and show you that real quick before we get into those things that they wanted to eliminate in Agenda 2030. This is our website, LarryRagland.com, LarryRagland.tv. Get a copy of our book there. You can partner with us. Read our blog that we submit to the Epoch Times. Watch the first season of our television uh, series there. And it's just, man, it's amazing. You can be a part of our merchandise store. Join our email list. All of that is available there. And you can become a monthly partner. When you click this link right here where it says click to partner with us, it will take you to a page here where you'll see the address if you'd like to send something in the mail to us, we appreciate that so much. All the letters that we get from you mean so much to us. You can do a one-time gift online, or you can partner with us in the different things that you see there, the different ways you can partner there on the screen. We appreciate that so much for those that have partnered with us. You never, never know how much it means to us. So let's get back to that, um, the things that they deemed not sustainable. Listen to some of these that were listed in the original documents that needed to be eliminated or phased out or changed to some extent. Number one, all private property ownership and rights. These are things that were either implied or basically stated and are ultimately a part of Agenda 2030. Elimination of all forms of crop irrigation, pesticides and commercial fertilizers, except when approved by the big agribusiness examples, Monsanto, ADM. Yeah. yeah, they're not worded that way, but they're worded things like for the protection of the crops, for the protection, for the safety. Uh, we, will not, we, we need to eliminate pesticides. But then there's always the clause uh, that, you know, the sanctioned ones that are lined up with the Agenda 2030, the Monsantos and so forth, they, they get an exception. As I said, all private ownership of property and rights. These, some, some of these things are crazy. This is literally a part of Agenda 2030. The elimination of livestock production in most meat consumption, basically to live in either a vegetarian world or a world of fake meat. We cover that every week on this, on this big picture. This is not something that is conspiracy theory. We know that they are trying to eliminate livestock production and the ability to eat meat. We have seen that where that would be basically outlawed. They want you to eat bugs as your protein instead of meat. They want to eliminate privately owned vehicles and personal travel. That's why we have the 15-minute cities, so that everything you need is within a 15-minute walk or bike ride your pharmacy, your doctor, your bank, all of that is there so that you don't need a car. And remember, everything's being pushed to electric cars. Why? Because most people will not be able to afford them. 
Most people will not be able to maintain them, and they'll also be programmable and controllable. So they want to eliminate privately owned vehicles and your own personal travel ability. Of course, this one's been going on for a while, but it is a part of the document. The elimination of burning of fossil fuels for energy production or for personal vehicular travel. So basically, they're trying to eliminate oil, which is insane because when you ultimately understand the elimination of oil, if we eliminated oil, experts say, listen, billions of people would die within months. If all of the oil, everything that we use from fossil fuels that they call fossil fuels was eliminated today, Within months, billions of people around the world would die. That is how much the world is dependent upon fossil fuels. There is absolutely zero way that the world can be sustained by wind and solar. It's impossible. They want to eliminate in this document single-family homes and suburban communities. The country living, they want to do away with. They want to get everybody in the cities they want to do away with you having a yard and space and, and you know, communities having the ability to think on their own, have their own set of ideals. They want to eliminate most forms of mineral extraction, such as mining. They want to eliminate public lands for timber harvesting, dams, reservoirs, golf courses, ski lodges, and vacation resorts. Many have called for that they're frivolous and they use up too much resources of this glorious planet. And of course, the permanent human population, in their words, and many say that this is their a conservative estimate, needs to be reduced. The human population needs to be reduced to fewer, to fewer, fewer, not by, but fewer than one billion people. There's over 8 billion people on the planet right now. But many of these that are all in crazies on this religion that, that they really worship at the feet of Gaia, Mother Earth, they literally don't think it's a joke. They believe this earth cannot be sustained unless we get it down to a billion or less. Or less. Unbelievable. Are y'all still with me? If you're still with me, give me some thumbs up. Hit that like button. And don't forget, don't forget that every Monday night, every Monday night, Sandy and I are here live on the big picture live. Now, here's what's awesome is this coming Monday night, this is going to be huge, y'all, because it will be on January 1st. Sandy and I will be having a show called the 2024 Prediction Show and we're going to literally come on here together, and we're going to talk about what we believe is coming in 2024. And we're going to have some guests and some reactions to some videos of friends that are close to us that have really feel like they hear from God, that have heard from God about what's coming. And we're going to be real with you. We've got several shows coming up dealing with 2024, because I believe 2024 is one of the most important years that we have ever, ever known. So just go ahead and mark it right now. Be here with us on, on January 1st and that Monday night. 
Uh, now, when we, we continue, and I'm going to show you a couple of videos in just a minute. Don't leave. Stay with me. I'm going to show you a couple of videos that's going to help you understand this agenda even better. But we got to finish this understanding all the way back in 1992 in uh, Rio, the document Agenda 21, how that morphed into what is now known as Agenda 2030. Back then, in a move that, you know, raised eyebrows among those that were awake, if you would call it that, back then, there wasn't a whole lot of people that was awake, to the globalist agendas and knowing about secret societies that are out there and so forth, President George H.W. Bush signed the Rio Accords in 19, at, at the 1992 Earth Summit. He implemented this in 1992. This is a Republican. Remember that. 1992 Earth Summit. When he did that, he committed the United States to go on a path, set us on a path, that I'll be honest with you, believe many like myself believe undermines national sovereignty. I believe national sovereignty no longer existed. It was already on its way out. But ultimate national sovereignty and, and believing about the greatness of America uh, and many other countries that signed that agreement uh, left their countries uh, behind the scenes. Most citizens had no idea that their national sovereignty had gone. It was gone. Now, in the wake of this event, <clears throat> a plethora of United Nations-backed non-governmental organizations and cabinet-level agencies in the United States began weaving the principles of sustainable development into the fabric of bureaucratic regulations, legislative lobbying, and it began to signal a shift in the United States as a nation's trajectory of where it would go from this point forward. Not just America, but many places in Europe and around the world, all of the socialist countries, countries begin to secretly, quietly begin to implement these principles of this document at the Earth Summit that was signed for Americans by our president, Republican George H.W. Bush. You remember that? Thousand points of light, thousand points of light. New world order. Remember, he was the first one that said the words new world order publicly, that it's time for a new world order. Well, the plot thickened when Bill Clinton became president, and shortly after taking office in 1993, Bill Clinton established, Democrat Bill Clinton established what is known as the President's Council on Sustainable Development, not through passing a legislation, but through an executive order. So the, just a stroke of a pen, the power of the president, he established what was known in 1993 as the President's Council on Sustainable Development. The move at that time was seen as sort of a strategic chess play embedding, quote, sustainable development deep into the heart of federal policy. What does that mean? Basically, it made the administrative branch 
an implement, uh, uh, the implementer, if you will say that, of this global agenda from within the government. This was a clear sidestep of Congress. I don't know. Congress may have approved it, but Congress didn't have a chance to approve it. It was an executive order. And all you people that think, you know, executive orders are just only as good as the current president, the next president's going to come in and do away with it. Let me tell you something. Even if it's an opposite of the party, if a Republican did it and then a Democrat said, no, I'm going to, oh, you're thinking they're going to overthrow a lot of executive uh, decisions and executive implementations of things by one party president, the next party president, uh, opposite party president comes to mind. They don't leave it alone because why? Ultimately, the Democrats and Republicans both are ultimately on the same side. They want the globalist agenda to be achieved. So George H.W. Bush got us in it. Bill Clinton implemented it even further and sidestepped Congress. And when they did this, it accelerated the implementation of Agenda 21. Now, what happened when that happened? Agenda 21, keep in mind, this show is about Agenda 2030. They are one and the same. A seismic shift began to happen within our government, within our federal agencies. Back in the 90s, y'all, we're talking about 2024, but these things were already beginning to move quickly in the mid-90s. So when this happened, the federal government's mission and the agencies from within the federal government moved significantly. They already were already moving in that direction. They'd gone in that direction for a long time, but they moved significantly away from serving the people to prioritizing mainly environmental agendas. Every agency in Washington, D.C., I'm talking about every agency, from the Department of Education to the Justice Department to all branches of the military to the FBI to the FDC to the FTC. Um, you fill in the blank. Uh, the CDC. All of these institutions have within their enforcement now prioritizing above the well-being of American citizens, environmental agendas. Now, the most alarming aspect of this global agenda, of Agenda 21, that would later become Agenda 2030, was that it, to this day, has never been formally ratified by the United States Senate, as required by United States law. Yet, I want you to hear this. This is a fact. It has still never been ratified. It is still operating off of executive order. Yet, it is estimated that 95% of all federal regulations are now intertwined with the United Nations Agenda 21-2030 Sustainability Policies. My God, did you know that? That is a fact. This intertwining of the agencies 
and with an outside of America and outside of your sovereign country's authority is a direct or is a direct assault on American sovereignty, on your nation's sovereignty. It's an erosion of fund foundational principles, all under the guise of environmental stewardship and global cooperation. Now, listen to me, because I'm about to show you a video, show you a couple of videos. I'm going to show you why I believe that 2024, six years out from 2030, is the year of acceleration, the second acceleration. I'm going to show you the year that was the year of acceleration. And now, just like the old manual transmissions, when you'd have to just know how to – most of you younger folks that's watching this don't even know – don't even know what a manual transmission is. Wouldn't know how to drive a, a manual transmission if your life depended on it. But, you know, you had that, if you had the shifter in the floor there, the stick in the floor, you know, one, two, over, three, down four, and then later on there became a fifth gear or an overdrive. And you'd go up, you'd go over, and you'd go up. And you'd hit that, that smooth gear when you're up on the interstate. And it was all promoted as saving energy because it used less RPMs and it's just good on the engine, good on the transmission, save gas. And that was that extra gear. Now, I'm just telling you right now, I don't know how long we've been got to gear two. At some point, we went over to three. Then we went over to four. That means we're moving pretty good. But somebody said, it's time for turbo. It's time for extra. And that's where we're at right now. Now, so for those that are watching us tonight on YouTube, make sure you follow us on Rumble because I'm telling you, that's going to be one of our biggest assets that we have right now because they still believe in free speech. And if you have not followed me there, go there now tonight, rumble.com slash Raglan. All of our shows are not on there, but most of our live shows are on there. All of our shows, until they kick us off, are always on YouTube. But many of our shows are on Rumble as well. So what was the accelerant? What really took Agenda 21 and made it Agenda 2030 and really began to not be worried about, they weren't afraid anymore to talk about it as urgent? Well, I think most of us know where I'm going here. It was the wow-wow. And the year was 2020. And I think it's so ironic when you think, when you go back and look at all that happened, you know, it was at the end of 2019, it was, it was winding down. This all came about. The wow started spreading globally. 2020 was the year of panic. It was the year of fear. It was the year of shutdowns. It was the year where we were stupid. We were crazy. You need to go back and look at our world. If you can find things, videos, pictures, things that you wrote, pictures that you took. I mean, some of these restaurants that we went into, kids, you know, student environments where they were literally in little bubbles in each desk. I mean, you'd go in a restaurant, you'd have to wear a mask when you went in the restaurant to your table, which could have been 5, 10 feet away from you, 20 feet maximum. 
Then you'd sit down in a cubicle that had plexiglass on both sides. And the, you know, the waiter would come up to you in a mask. You'd have your mask on. You have to order in your mask. But then something supernatural happened. The virus says, okay, it's time to eat. You could take your mask off and talk to each other. And everybody in the restaurant's mask was off while they were eating and talking to each other. It's amazing how it just couldn't float across when, when you're eating. I remember going into a restaurant. We only had one mask with us. So I saw a table over there by itself, isolated. I came in, you know. My wife had it hanging down over as we were talking to the lady. She goes, looks at me, would you like to have a mask? I said, I don't, do you have a mask? I said, I don't have one. I'm sorry, I don't have one. But what I want to do is I'm going to stand back here away from you. Listen to this now. This is how crazy we were. I was probably 15 feet away from her. And, I, and there was nobody between me and that table. I said, I'm going to go over to that table, and I'm going to sit down, and I'm going to let my wife get my food up at the buffet with her mask, and she's going to bring it over there to me. No, 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 you can't do that. You can't do that. I said, well, let me ask you something. When I get over there, if I had a mask, when I get over, right over there, am I going to be able to take that off and eat? Yes, but you have to have one between here and there. And she started panicking. She started shaking. My wife will tell you this is the truth. It was crazy. So I wasn't trying to be mean, but I just said, okay, okay, I don't have one, and I'm hungry, and we're going to eat. So I said, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm not going to get around anybody else. I promise you that. So I went over and sat down. My wife went up there and got the food. I sat over by myself. It was in a corner away from everybody else. This woman literally came over to me, to the table, shaking. And she said, sir, I will go to the store, and I will buy you a mask right over there. I'll have somebody cover for me, and I'll go over there and buy a mask and bring it back to you if you'll put it on. Please. I said, I said, you're going to leave the store and go buy a mask? Leave your job. Go buy a mask for me. I'm already sitting at the place where I'm permitted to take it off, but you're going to go buy a mask and bring it back to me? Well, I have to. I have to. My job's at stake. My job's at stake. I said, you know what? I'm not going to ask you to do that. So we left. We just got up and left. You think about that now. That seems insane but that is a microcosm, and that was in Alabama, okay, y'all? If you hadn't figured out by now the way you hear me talking, my accent there, I'm not from New York City. And, and the regulations down here in the South was not that bad. I can't imagine how it was in some of these more liberal places. 2020 was insane. All right, let's watch a video here about how the global elites decided this craziness, this panic, some say planned and orchestrated, I didn't say that, some say that, was the perfect opportunity to begin to institute what is ultimately what this is all about, and that is control radically change the world as we know it. And the actions we take today as we work to recover will define our generation. Now is the time to think what history would say about this crisis. 2020 has been challenging on a lot of levels as economic, environmental and societal frailties. Let me just scroll down and show you 
This is the World Economic Forum's YouTube channel. This was published and is still, I can't believe it's still there. This is on the World Economics, World Economic Forum's YouTube channel. This was shown in 2020. Have been laid bare. But it's also proved that when we need to, we can act rapidly and restructure our lives. The recovery from the pandemic is an opportunity. We can see rays of hope in the form of a vaccine, but there is no vaccine for the planet. Nature needs a bailout. You don't want to go back to the status quo that you had before simply because it was the status quo that got us here. With everything falling apart, we can reshape the world in ways we couldn't before. Ways that better address so many of the challenges we face. And that's why so many are calling for a great reset. A great reset? Mm. That sounds more like buzzword bingo masking some nefarious plan for world domination. Hands up, this kind of slogan hasn't gone down well. But all we really want to say is that we all have an opportunity to build a better world. And Listen to the wording. We have an opportunity to build a better world. Later on, when you finish this live video tonight, go back to this section and watch this video again because it starts by saying, the wah-wah that is happening right now, the lockdowns that's happening right now is a perfect opportunity for us to seize this moment. Remember that this whole video is about how do we use the condition of the world in 2020 right now to promote Agenda 2030. And it's not surprising that people who've been disenfranchised by a broken system and pushed even further by the pandemic will suspect global leaders of conspiracy. But the world's not that simple. They institute race in this video. They institute gender identity. They institute sexual preference. And they say, you need to get on our side because the ones that we're trying to force to stop doing what they're doing are also against you. Every one of us has differing priorities, values, and ideas. That's part of why solutions are so hard to come by and why we all need to be involved in the decision-making. Because whether it's politicians, CEOs, academics, activists, or you, we're all about getting people together, even those you may not like, to sit down at the table and develop solutions. Did you see that? Account suspended on that phone. Even the ones that you don't like. In other words, we know who they are, you know, so they may get blocked. We still want to talk to them. We still need their help. Yeah, whatever. This video was so full of stuff. This came out in 2020. ...that work for all of us, but... Between enormous trust between the private sector and the public sector for this to actually work. That trust is hard to come by. It's time for people to work together, listen to each other, and build this trust so we can move towards a better world. And we really need one. Because while the pandemic affects us all, it's clear it affects some more than others. The first people who are hit are the people at the front, those who are vulnerable. It is those on the front line who take it first. And that is simply unacceptable. See, at the start of 2020, 1% of the world's population owned 44% of the wealth. And since the start of the pandemic, billionaires have increased theirs by more than 
whilst 150 million people fell back into extreme poverty. And with climate change set to dwarf the damage caused by the pandemic. The you see that? Went from the pandemic straight to climate change. Everything's about the climate. And it says with climate change set to explode the effects of the wah-wah. Keep that in mind. Let me tell you something. This ain't by chance. This is the agenda called Agenda 23. The message from 2020 should be abundantly clear. Capitalism, as we know it, is dead. This obsession that we have had with maximizing profits for shareholders alone has led to incredible inequality and a planetary emergency. But no one can do this alone. And top-down approaches won't get us anywhere because everything we've learned in our work has shown us that diverse voices lead to better results. And it's for these reasons that the forum talks about something called stakeholder capitalism, which would shift business. The forum. Remember, this is the WEF, the World Economic Forum. This is Klaus Schwab. They're talking about their power and their narrative. Listen to this coming out in 2020 and see if this is not what you hear across the board. But this is not a government. This is not a nation. This is not an elected group of people. This is a bunch of billionaire elites sitting in a room designing the narrative. This is them. This is not even the United Nations. The United Nations take their marching orders from them. This is away from just profit because if we want to change where the focus of our recovery will go, then we need a new dashboard for the new economy. And that needs to encompass people, planet, prosperity and institutions. Giving people a real stake in the economy and putting well-being before growth. And that's mm. all about getting the right people in the right place at the right time. We must rebuild our relationship with nature for the survival of the peoples and our planet. We have a window of time which is closing and we need everybody who cares to get together and find solutions now. It's the people who have great ideas and who share them with others. They're the ones who are shaping the future. So if you want to be a part of the change, then tune in, turn on, and get involved. Follow the Davos Agenda right here, the online, Davos, on YouTube. The Davos Agenda. Follow the Davos Agenda. Look at the top right, World Economic Forum. How many times did you see a rainbow in that video? Rainbow mask, rainbow flags. How many times did you see racial division, racial banners? Then ask yourself, how many times did you see people praying? How many times did you see people worshiping God? How many times did you see what looked like an actual church service? None compared to multiple times of the other things. But it's diverse voices. It's diverse voices except for the voices like my voice and like the voice of your voice. That's what Agenda 2030 is about. Now, coming out of this agenda was something called, and this was also released in 2020, the eight predictions. This was put out by the World Economic Forum, the eight predictions for the world by 2030. This was produced by the World Economic Forum in the fall of 2020, when the world was on lockdown. Some of you seen this video. It's been a while since some of you seen it. It's very difficult to find this video. 
because it's been deleted now from the World Economic Forum's actual website. But here it is. This was the actual video that they showed at Davos in 2020, the fall of 2020. You'll own nothing and you'll be happy. Whatever you want, you'll rent and it will be delivered by drone. The U.S. won't be the world's leading superpower. A handful of countries will dominate. You won't die waiting for an organ donor. You, we won't transplant organs. We'll print new ones instead. Here it is. You'll eat much less meat. An occasional treat, not a staple, for the good of the environment and our health. A billion people will be displaced by climate change. We'll have to do a better job at welcoming and integrating refugees. Polluters will have to pay to emit carbon dioxide. There will be a global price on carbon. This will help make fossil fuels history. You could be preparing to go to Mars. Scientists will have worked out how to keep you healthy in space to start a journey to find alien life. Western values will have been put to a test of, of a breaking point. Checks and balances that underpin our democracies must not be forgotten. There it is. WEF World Economic Forum. This was put out in 2020 in the midst of chaos, in the midst of the other video that I just showed you saying we must take advantage of this moment. You know, the Yuval Noah Harari, the right-hand man of Klaus Schwab, we've shown you the video many times where he said, if you want to institute control, you need to do it during chaos and a major catastrophic event. And we have to take advantage of that. Agenda 2030 is pushing smart cities, and they're being built even as we speak. Smart cities, 15-minute cities, programmable cities, smart cars, digital, digitally programmed electric cars are currently uh, basically being put as the only standard for production by major automakers going forward in the next few years. Many of the top brands in the, in the history of the world, some of the most powerful um, street racing cars and power cars and all this kind of thing that you would associate with just horsepower have now committed to saying they will be completely electric. CBDC, central bank digital currency, is a huge part of Agenda 2030. It cannot operate without a digital uh, agenda, a digital currency. Your bank right now, regardless of which bank you're with, because of Agenda 2030, is already working on it. FedNow in America is already active. That's the federal government's, actually the, the federal uh, administration of finances have created this. The Federal Reserve has created an app that will bypass the middleman. It's the beginning of the elimination of personal banking. How many of you have seen bank branches closing down in your city? 
Why? Because if you're if everything's digital, you don't have to go in. They're preparing for a digital world. The European Union's digital ID is now becoming mandatory. They are tying the CBDC as well to it. They're limiting already how much money you can withdraw, how much cash you can have on hand. Several institutions now don't even take cash anymore. Banks in Australia will not even allow you to deposit cash anymore. Many of the banks. We are only six years away from the 17 sustainable goals of Agenda 2030 that was put in place in 1992 and with Agenda 21 for the 21st century and now known as Agenda 2030. I'm going to link down in the description a link directly to the 17 sustainable goals so you can read them and then ask yourself, what will our world look like? if all of these 17 goals are actually achieved. The bottom line is Agenda 2030, let me sum it up for you, is all about going digital, about being digital. Because if it's digital, I tell you all the time, that means it's programmable. And it's always about control. If something is programmable, number one, it can be turned off and on, but number two, it can be hacked. Okay? And that's what they're counting on. If you saw the movie on Netflix, Leave the World Behind, they basically said the first two parts of ending a nation is is we control it, the the elites. First thing we're going to do, because we've got you so dependent on technology, we're going to remove the Internet, we're going to remove even radio signals, TV signals, GPS, everything that you rely on to survive in this world, we're going to remove it. We're going to isolate you, take you back to the Stone Ages. And then we're going to have explosion here, crime here, all these kind of things, cities just burning. And then we're going to disappear. The elite said they're going to disappear. They laid it out in the movie. We We go underground into our bunkers. We leave all of you up there. And the step, third step is we're counting on you to take care of yourself, meaning not take care of yourself but to eliminate each other, what is known as civil war. And now we got a movie coming out. We covered extensively here in April of 24, this year, April of 24, that is called Civil War within America. It's almost like part two of that movie. It's the long game, ladies and gentlemen, of the elites. It's the long game of the deep state. Dare I say the, the catchphrase word, the cabal, I don't know. But you know what it really is? It's the long game of Satan. I'm just being real with y'all. It's not just the long game of the World Economic Forum. It's the long game of the kingdom of darkness, of Satan. It is ultimately, Agenda 2030, is one of the final pieces that will be put in, and when it is implemented, it will be a bedrock part of the foundation of what is known as the beast system of the Antichrist. The Bible tells us in the book of Revelation that six is the number of man and the number of the Antichrist is six, six, six. We are six years from 2030. Do you think knowing how 
the spirit realm is tied to patterns. Do you not think six being the number of man, six, six, six being the number of the Antichrist, the mark of the beast is that you cannot buy or sell unless you have the mark. There is a system being put in place where you can't buy or sell unless you have the digital footprint, which is the foundation stone of that. You do not think that six years out, the number of man, the number of the beast, you're not going to see an escalation of this agenda? What will man do? How will, six is the number of man. So what will man do six years out? What will you do? You're six years out. Are you going to follow man, the number six? Are you going to follow the agenda? Are you going to say, well, there's nothing I can do about it. I might as well just go ahead and accept it. Well, there's some things there's nothing you're going to be able to do about it. Let's just be real. Part of this agenda 2030, you're not going to be able to stop because it has to be in place in order for prophecy be, to be fulfilled. But you know what? You can protect your home. You can be smart. You can be wise as a serpent and harmless as a dove. You can have some things in your house, provisions for tough times, ways to protect yourself. Fill in the blanks here in your mind. You can, you know, I think about Joshua. Joshua says, choose you which God you're going to serve. But I'm going to tell you today, let it be known, it's for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. We're not going to live by fear. Agenda 2030 is the world's agenda. It's not the kingdom of God's agenda. The kingdom of God's agenda is that the Bible says is to have life and to have it more abundantly. That's why Jesus said he came, okay? So I'm telling you all these things that are coming, not to cause you to lock yourself in the basement, but to cause you to rise up and say, okay, this is coming. But Jesus already prepared us that this was coming. That's why this is called the kingdom intelligence report. Because we bring you intelligence of what's happening in the world, we bring it through a kingdom window. I want you to know right now that God's not giving you a spirit of fear, but a power and love and a sound mind. If you don't have anything, you need Jesus. If you don't need anything, you need Jesus. Because if you got Jesus and your heart is completely right with God, you have a peace. And that peace is priceless. It's worth more than a car. It's worth more than a house. It's worth more than whatever nationality you are in. Because when you have the peace that only comes from God, it passes all understanding. And when you have that kind of peace, no matter what the world has coming for us, tell yourself this, take a deep breath and say, Jesus, I commit my life to you. I surrender my life completely to you. I ask you, God, to forgive me of every sin that I have ever committed, and I renounce the enemy and the enemy's agenda. And it's for me and my house we're going to serve the Lord. So, God, here I am. Let me be a light in the midst of darkness in this moment. One day, whether we go by the grave or whether we go by Jesus taking us with him, we'll remember and let it sink in right now that God trusted you to be alive in this moment. Why? Because he needed you to be strong. One day we'll stand before God and we'll hear the Lord say, well done, good and faithful servant. 
Don't forget, if you're watching this live, you may be on the replay while later. You can always look for this. That this coming Monday night, for our, for our regular Monday night show, it's going to be the first day of this new year, and Sandy and I will be on here talking about what we believe is going to happen in 2024, 7 p.m. Monday night, live, right here. Don't miss that. So thank you for joining us on the Kingdom Intelligence Report. If you have not smashed that like button, do it now, and subscribe and share this broadcast and invite others to join us on The Big Picture. And we always want to remind you that we ain't woke but we are certainly awake. See you next time. We love you. God bless.